Welcome to Weaning 15, my new podcast series all about weaning. In each episode, I'm going to be talking with Charlotte Sterling Reed, a registered nutritionist specialising in maternal and infant nutrition. Charlotte is the expert in this field who has helped me with my new book, Weaning 15. Each episode will cover a different topic with the aim of giving you all the knowledge and confidence you need to start weaning your baby. Thanks for listening. Let's get weaning. Welcome to episode number seven of Weaning 15. Today we're going to be talking about a few subjects, developing social skills, eating out and travelling with a baby. Now, I love travelling with a baby, Charlotte. I've yeah. always based, my whole relationship with Rose has been about adventure and seeking, you know, fun and like looking at new countries and we love it. And I, I said that, look, when we get married and we have kids, can we promise that we'll still travel? Yeah, I love um, that. I really, I really love it and I really want to give parents confidence that if they do love travelling and they want to go and see the world, like... Don't, don't wait because it's fun to do with your kids. And mm. I think a lot of parents from the fever I've got is that they're very anxious about flying mm. and eating yeah. out abroad and, you know, travelling on a long-haul flight. So we're going to talk about all these things today and really try and give you confidence. That's what I want to do. I yeah. want to give you confidence that you can to do it. remove the fears and anxiety and actually go out and see the world and mm. have an amazing time because... Although the journey to a long-haul destination is a bit of, bit stressful, when you get there, yeah. it's amazing. You have these amazing memories and you're experiencing like new mm. foods and new cultures with your baby. And so and I, I love that it. you say like that's a really short part of it, you know, that travelling and that journey is such a short part of it. And I think even you saying that um, when you said it the other day, I really did pick up on that, like, I flew with Raph and we, I'm always a little bit anxious because I think, oh God, what's he going to be like on the flight? But, you know, you're absolutely right. It's such a small part of it and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Well, I've done an 11 hour flight to, um, oh, yeah. to Cancun with Marley and Indy. So it was a long haul flight mm. and I just go into it the mindset of, I know I'm not going to be feet up watching films, mm. chilling out, having a nap. Yeah, yeah. I go into it <laughs> thinking that this is a long day on a plane with my baby. I need mm. to entertain her. I need to distract her. Mm. And when you do, when you go into that mindset, it's much easier and the hours sort of go a bit quicker. And if you prepare, and we'll talk a little bit about what you can take and things to um, help on that journey. But I want to talk about this one, which is, you know, screen time and eating out. Now, it's such a controversial subject. And before we go into it, like, I don't want to feel like I'm criticising anyone because I'm really not and I'm not judging you. But when I'm in a restaurant and I see a family... And there's two kids with iPads, headphones plugged in, and, and they're just not communicating. I'm not thinking about the parents. I'm thinking more about the kids and how they're missing out on a social element of mm. enjoying food and celebrating a nice dinner together and talking and communicating. And so I want to get the message across that I believe eating should be a time of connection, not mm. disconnection. And that could be a TV in front of you. That could be, you know, um, your iPad, your, your phone. And I'm, I'm quite good. Like, although I'm obsessed with social media, and I trust me, my screen time is savage. Like, you wouldn't yeah, believe yeah. it. But my business, my work, my community is all online. But when I go for dinner with Rosie, I put my phone in my pocket mm. and I just sit and enjoy and engage. And if I don't do that, I'm a nightmare. Mm. Because she'll go to the toilet, I get it out. I'm, yes, waiting, for, so I'm waiting for the mains, I'll get it out. Um, I'll ask a question, I don't know the answer to it, I'll get it out. So... I'm trying to, yeah, I just get my, <laughs> so true, I'm talking about my phone, I'm getting my phone out, yeah, yeah I just yeah. keep getting my phone out, so when I, when I see it, I just think, oh, like, you've really got to, if yeah. you get into that habit of doing that, the kids will never sit down, will never sit still, will never actually socialise in an in environment, so I suppose that's my opinion, 
What's your opinion? How do you feel? And have you ever like got the iPad out at dinner when you've been with Refster? No, I don't think we have because we tend to try and use other things to distract him. And I think also it's quite it's a bit easier for us because Rafi loves his food. So all we have to do is distract him until the food comes, and then we tend to be okay. But the thing I would say is, for me as a nutritionist, is that the whole idea of food is I want people to enjoy. food food and eating and that includes the whole environment of you know that that children are eating in and if they are just kind of like you we're using distractions in order to get them to eat or get them to be quiet it does take away from that kind of foodie element of it you know for me food is so enjoyable one of my favorite things in the world is going for lunch with friends or dinner with friends or spending time with my family around the dinner table like it's such a big important part of my life and so I think that if you if your children aren't experiencing that then they can miss out on that element of food and mealtimes that is social and communication and so enjoyable so that's why I always say from a very young age from six months of age bring them to the table get them involved in your mealtimes let them see you eating and laughing and having fun around food because I promise you it will have a big knock-on effect on what they eat. And just for the record, like I took an iPad on this trip and I had, you know, the Gruffalo, Snan and the Whale, Room on a Broom. Yeah, I had them all on there, all, all downloaded offline and I love them. And <laughs> so Indy has screen time, believe me, like she'll chill out before nap time and watch a little bit. She'll have mm. half an hour, you know, here and there. But when it comes to dinner, I'm just, I just don't want to be that person who distracts my kid with a device because I see my mates and when we go out for dinner and they're all pulling out the phones, I'm like, we need to like really work against this because if we do, what's the point of us yeah, meeting and coming out dinner tough. together? Yeah. Like, we used to sit and have jokes and like we'd sit and have curries and be in there till 1am. Now we're like, we're in, in and out in an mm. hour and a half. Everyone's on their phones checking yeah. out Twitter and BBC Sport and stuff. It's the so, whole environment, isn't it, that we're in at the moment. It's everything is about phone and, and technology. I'm trying stuff. to just implement, yeah, like with India, just, just to show that, you know, at dinner time, you know, we just, we hang out and we talk and that's a nice thing to do rather than you go over there, I don't want to talk to you right now, stick your headphones on mm. and have your iPad and I'll see you in half an hour. Like, mm. um, I don't know, that's, it's, it's a hard thing to talk about because I know it's just so common and it's so apparent that in this world of tech that And also it's like easier. parents are tired, like we're tired. We want to also sit and have a hot meal and we want to enjoy that meal and not have someone screaming in our ear while we're doing it. So you can totally understand what happens. And I think every now and then not a problem, it's just when it gets into that habit of it. And when, you know, you like, you always talk about eating out and you say you don't need to stop eating out when you have kids and I think it's great if you can try and involve them in that as much as possible I think parents from what from what I've been told and just experience of friends and family that if they have one bad experience like you know anxiety and stress is all based on experience isn't it so you know you might go out for dinner one night to I don't know Pizza Express or Nando's or whatever and the baby has a meltdown and they scream and they shout and mm. it's really stressful you know oh I'm never doing that again and then you stop going out for dinners with your partner and your kids because it's just too stressful but mm. it's about going out and creating new experiences and reinforcing that you can actually have a nice meal out and so mm. when I think about the screen time like what am I doing instead of screen time I'm distracting her like I bring a little book I bring those little yeah, colouring pens the water pencil things mm. I, I play games I, I get flashcards out I'm I'm working through that meal to distract her so that I don't mm. have to give her the option of giving her Pixar yeah. and, and, you know, the latest Peppa Pig show because because mm. I know it's easier, but I just really... And that way she's still communicating with you, learning, engaging, well, you know. And, and then, you know, like you say, during the meal, then you she's in a routine, though, where she sits and she has meal times with her family and it's the norm for her. So I think that if that is the norm for your family at home, then children are very used to doing that when they're out. You know, Raph, Raph loves eating out. We out, eat out a lot together because I can't cope with clearing the kitchen three times a day. Yeah, I love eating out. But at the same time, like, I don't need to think Indy's an angel. Like, she is annoying. 
in. Like she's trying to throw the knives and forks on the floor. She's yeah, trying to smash glasses. Well. Everything's, you know, she's trying to. She's really annoying. But I just think, look, come on, we can do this. Let's just wait till the. And once the food comes, she's good. Like she's mm. sweet. She loves it. She's enjoying yeah, her same food. Thing. Then she's trying to eat my food. Yeah. And 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 so yeah, it's just trying to. Be consistent and get through that and, 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 and install like good habits and just, like I said, connect at meal times as opposed to disconnect. Mm, yeah, um, for sure. Why, why is it important? Like, why do you think social skills and interaction at dinner times is important for a weaning baby and a toddler going into like childhood? Yeah, so again, that's why I always say bring them to the table as early as you can, even before they start weaning. Get them involved in the table. Let them see you eating food. Let them see you um, enjoying foods together because they will pick up on that so much more than you realise. Um, I also think that, it, like I say, I, I'm a foodie. I love food. And I tell you what, one of my favourite times um, is to go to my parents' house. They always throw these lovely dinner parties and they spend loads of time making delicious food and Raf sits there and he gets involved and he sees everyone else eating and it's a social time so I think again making them see that food is enjoyable and it's an enjoyable fun sociable part of the day so for me that's why it's so important to get them involved in that but you know you can show them that right from a from a really really young age even if you've got a three-month-old baby bring them up to the table let them see you eating together I love that. I love how pa- you're just as passionate as me about it, and I love it. Um, and like I said, I hope you know that we're just trying to give you yeah. confidence and give you, you know, nice strategies to help and not judging you. We're I'm, not. I don't want some not thinking, but what does he know? It's, it's, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to kind of spread a positive message I suppose yeah. and I do believe I'm going to stand, stand and by and again that. you know as I've already said it but you know the odd occasion it's fine it's going to happen but it's just when it becomes a habit it can be really difficult to break it so you know if, if babies are having screen time while they're eating at home or they have to have I know lots and lots of families who have to have the TV on in order to get their kids to eat and it's just they're just never learning about food really it's difficult it is once you start those you know those habits so listen next conversational yes, point ah oh, i'm gonna i'm calling it the unhealthy kids menu because you know when you go to a restaurant or you go to the zoo or you go to a theme park or you, wherever you might go you may go mm. the food menu for the kids is like oh oh there's a little person let's give him deep fried chicken nuggets and chips yeah. let's give him pizza and Without chips fail, yeah. it's like hang on a minute my little baby likes risotto and things mm. like that and she likes curry and she likes yeah. curries and pasta and, and orzo and she likes arancini balls like this can we can we <laughs> try some they're amazing. Love Arantini. You know, let's try something different. So I suppose what I want to talk about is what's your opinion yeah. on the current state of the kids' menus? Let's oh. talk about Great Britain. We, we don't know around the rest of the world. So yeah. in the United Kingdom at the moment. So I, I have to say I do get really, really upset when I see it. Is it getting it. better? Um, I think there are there are certain, um, yeah, I think there is certain cafes and places that you can go that are getting so much better, but um, it just varies. And I think it is sad to see because, not because, again, we're not saying that you cannot offer these foods to your kids. Absolutely fine to offer them to your kids. It's just the expectation that that is what children eat and that children automatically have to have totally different foods to what we have on our menu. So, so often you go and you see the kids' menu and often there might be, yeah, a spag bowl or a plain pasta... And then it will be pizza, chips, chicken nuggets, chips. Um, and that's pretty There's never much any veg, it. Even in the pasta, like, you yeah, might see very like, spaghetti and pesto or um, linguine and like pomodoro. Yeah. But there's no veg in it. It's like, no. stick some onion or some veg or some mushrooms, stick yeah. something in there. Like, And so it is frustrating. I just, I, yeah, I find it really disheartening because I'm like, you know, all it does is reinforce to parents that this is kids' food. So, you know, parents go to these restaurants and they see other kids being offered it and they see that's what's on the children's menu. So they think, oh, this is perfect food for kids. Like, this is what our kids should be eating, which isn't the case. I'm a massive advocate 
advocate for getting them involved in family foods as as are you you know I think that's what we're really good at talking about and you know I want restaurants and chains to catch on with that and maybe just offer mini versions of the adult food because you know what a lot of kids will eat that too well I'll tell you what I tend to do which I I just just don't even look at the kids menu it's very Mm, rare and it's it's like a really really trendy restaurant in like LA or somewhere and it's like (laughs) vegan baby food and like Quinoa Super Bowls. Good. I want to spurt them. Um, ba- <laughs> ba- Buddha bowls. You, you haven't got rid of that. Baby Buddha bowls. Um, but yeah, I, I normally just go for the adult menu. I look at the starters. Yeah. Something yeah, yeah. might be like a little quinoa couscous salad. Sides. And like that normally will do her, or or I'll just get a big main with Rose, like whether a main mm. each, and we just get a little side plate and we give I'm her sure, something. That's exactly the same. And like that way, you haven't got to like lay out, you know, twenty quid in yeah. the main, and you can just you know share Completely. a meal. Because really, like if you have a bit of fish. She only needs like a few flakes mm. of the fish, a little bit of the mash, some of the veg. Um, and I've really found that always works. And even when we travel yeah. abroad, like we, we talk a little bit about eating abroad and this fear of, you know, well, is it is it hygienic? Is it um, mm. sterilised? Is there salt on it? What are they cooking with? Like, mm. how do you know there's not been using nuts and stuff? There's all these allergies and fears around that. And that really probably stops people from going to restaurants and eating mm. out abroad. But ultimately, I, I think... just grilled fish, nice bit of grilled fish. Yeah, that's perfect. Say to the chef, no salt, yeah. grilled fish. Um some vegetables like cooked mm. in butter or whatever it may be and then like a bit of mashed potato or some rice and mm. that's a kind of easy win because yeah. you know what it is visually because and... also some quite often you, you know like we've said so many times throughout these podcasts children's appetites change all the time you might order them this this big meal like a spaghetti bolognese and they might be like do you know what I don't fancy pasta today so you've just spent that money so we do exactly the same we often will use the sides and we'll have a couple of sides and Rafi will have a bit of my food a bit of dad's food um, and a couple of the sides that we'll all share together so we're not actually buying him a meal he's just and that way he can choose which bits of that food he wants that day so that we're not wasting anything um you know quite often I might buy him the main and he'll he'll want what I'm eating so I don't bother with that anymore it's just I'll share mine with him and we'll have a couple of mains and between us that will be enough yeah that's perfect that's a great strategy and it always seems to work with us and Indy's obviously um got quite a good appetite but like I said some days I get her same thing and oh she's gonna love that she loves spaghetti with pesto and um and whatever and and then she just won't go near it and it's like oh and then she'll end up eating eating some chips Mm. or whatever because I look, I always have to get a table fries. I call it a table fries. It's just like in the middle, an extra table fry, just yeah, as a little like dip, dipperoo. But um, yeah, I suppose also look if you go out once a week or once every couple of weeks and you have an unhealthy menu from the mm. kids thing, it ain't the end of the world. If you think Completely. about the amount of meals you go through a week, if it's a small and even if there is a tiny bit of salt in it for some reason, like it's not the end of the world. You're going to be getting predominantly mm. healthy food in your baby. Mm. So it's allowing that flexibility of it's okay if it's not been Every perfectly boiled and steamed in front of you by you and your own little sterile kitchen. So and that that really does when you start to think like you, you relax into it, then you become a little bit more open to like going out for dinner um, and going on holiday and going traveling and eating abroad and stuff. So. Yeah, it really is amazing. And also, don't be afraid to communicate. I always say this: like, if you're worried about flying, contact the flight people. Ask what you can take on. If you're worried about the restaurant when you get to your destination, ask them what they've got available for young kids. Don't be afraid to ask. Like, you know, so many people are scared. Like, my husband would never do it, but I'd always call ahead, ask them to, to, you know, maybe can you just sort out a platter for my baby who needs X, Y, and Z. Like, most places are really happy to accommodate. Or just say no salt on this food, please. Could you make up a whole load of chips for my baby that don't? salt on them just as an example 
Yeah, they really are accommodating. Like nowadays, ho- ho- hotels can only survive if they get the family dollar in. They need the families, mm. so they need to know that yeah, they're going to provide you with a cot and they're going to provide you with, you know, a, a, a kids um, option at dinner or, um, you know, just really accommodating. Like they they would do anything they so can to keep they you happy because yeah. it's all about now in this day and age with reviews and mm. TripAdvisor, mm. you've got to be delivering a good service True. to families. It's so important. Mm. Um, so let me talk about quickly traveling with baby. So when Indy was about three three months old, we went to LA. Um, for a few months and she slept sorry she went on a plane and that was quite an easy one because she slept and she was breastfeeding mm. but going back this time we went to Cancun with Marley who's mm. breastfeeding and Indy who's a little Tasmanian devil and very very <laughs> yeah. easily distracted Active. and doesn't doesn't have a massive attention span um, it was challenging we we got on the flight we have our little bag ready so we have like games we'll have books um, some play-doh mm-hmm. little snacks and on, on a plane uh, snacks I'll, I'll describe as things like a little box of raisins mm. Um, some of those vegetable straw things and a little bit of fruit and berries and little things you can nibble at. And that really helps. So that's like one distraction. Then the next minute you've got to go on to reading a book and then you might get 20 minutes of the Gruffalo. Like it's all a case of juggling, constantly distracting and and also trying to tag team. If you're flying with someone else, like if it is getting a bit, get a bit bit, bit intense, like, right, I'll take Marley, you take Indy. So you get that kind of breather in between, Mm. but it is, it is a challenge. It isn't fun. You've got to Mm. do the transfer, at some point, you're probably going to get a crying baby, and mm, sometimes, if yeah. you're really unlucky, there's going to be two. But my, my <laughs> advice is, and my my philosophy is that it's only one day out of the whole trip. And when you land, and you've got that amazing, you know, holiday to experience, and you have like lovely sunshine, or you've got amazing um, place to visit and food to eat, you're going to love it, and you don't really remember the flight mm. out there. Um, but it is about being prepared, and also, yeah, not getting too stressed out. I think life in general, and especially with kids. If you react to situations by getting more stressed, more anxious, and more wound up, mm. it just makes it worse. So it's learning to just diffuse it in your mind and just take a br- take a breather. And if Indy was having a bit of a nightmare on the on the plane, I would get her up and like walk her up and down a cabin, or I'd take her to meet the air hostess. It's like just little things. Like that it would just be twenty minutes mm. where she's distracted. Um, you will get there. You're gonna get, whatever happens. You are gonna get to your destination, mm. and yeah. it's work. And so I really believe in seek an adventure and go with your family if you can and go traveling and doing the things that you love because you might have loved that before you had kids and don't put it on hold and wait till you retire mm. i say i would say don't wait until you're 60 retire have mini retirements throughout your life and that could mean you know going to brighton for the weekend or going to um you know cornwall or going to australia whatever it may mm. be but don't fear the travel is what i'm trying to say and you've just where did you recently fly to yeah we just went to egypt which was six hours Rafi has this thing where he just refuses to sleep on the flight until the the, the pilot says that they're landing the plane and then he curls up and sleeps. Dude, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, Indy's pushed for her nap. She's nudged her yeah, nap. Yeah, she's yeah. nudged her nap. She's been awake all night and she landed and then went to sleep. And I'm like, how is she exactly still Exactly the same. Rafi does it on every flight. We went to Hong Kong and Bali as well, which was like 15-hour flight or something. Every flight he does it, he just curls up at the end and then you've got a screaming baby through the airport. But it was That's worth brutal. it. brutal, yeah. And one other thing... <laughs> is I'll touch on quickly jet lag. Now, if you're going long haul, you're probably going to go over time zones and it is tough. Mm. When you land those first few days, there's not a lot you can do. You've got to just ride it out. You've got to wake up when they wake up, play for a little bit, you know, wear them out, get them back to sleep and eventually you can just push that nap time back and that that bedtime back a little bit. But it is hard. The first two or three nights, you've got two babies like Mm. buzzing, wanting to like run around and play games. So it is... It is quite challenging, but again, that does that does pass, you know. Then mm. you've got to do it all the way back when you come home. Yeah. So 
another, another 10 hours <laughs> another 10 hours on the way back and then you've got to do it get jet lag when you get back to the UK but <laughs> I um, I love it some of my greatest memories have been with like Indy mm, and Marley like just abroad. somewhere new somewhere where she's just running around in a nappy and it's hot and do you know what I mean like, I love it so yeah if you're thinking about travelling and you're you're a bit nervous or anxious try and and just you've got a blog in... on it as well haven't you and you cover it in the book as yeah, well I think yeah talk about it in the book and yeah just try and take it in your stride and I suppose open up your mindset to like doing these things and whether it's eating out or traveling with baby because you're only going to have amazing experiences and you know wonderful memories um so I, that's the end of that episode i hope you enjoyed episode number seven and um, you know that all the advice and stuff we're trying to explain is really trying to just help you live a healthier happy life for your babies that's where it's all coming from mm. um so coming up on episode number eight is 15 things i've learned that i wish i knew sooner now this is a really important section because I talk about this is one of the sections from my book, Weaning yeah. 15. And it's things that, you know, if only I'd known at six months when I started Weaning, I think I'd have been so much more calm and relaxed. And so these are really good golden nuggets. So don't miss out on yeah. episode. Um, and thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon for episode eight. See you then.